Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty. Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared Jayhawk Hawkins, and joining me as always, the man who taught Bad Bunny everything he knows about music, Charlie Butter. I still have no clue who Bad Bunny is. I, I, he brought out GI Bro, so I think that's cool. But so here, so here's the thing: if they would, everybody would just come out right at the beginning and said, "Well, he's the number one Latin Latin artist in the world." Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would have gone anything beyond that. Okay, I don't like Latin music, whatever. Right. But everybody treated it like if you don't know who this guy is, you're a fucking idiot. And everybody who doesn't know who he is went. I have fucking teenagers that don't know who the fucking guy is. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> right. <laughs> so now we're still talking about the dude like two weeks later because, you know, you're a new You're still talking later. about him. I, I, I forgot all about him already. Uh, so how was your uh, making SpongeBob memes? Was that was that uh, entertaining for you for last weekend? <laughs> yeah. The worst part is I gave the actual reason on the air <laughs> beforehand. You're still like, oh, you've been doing SpongeBob memes. Yeah, you know. Well, that's what you were doing that day when uh, I was looking at uh, Twitter and stuff, so. I thought it'd be funny. Yeah, yeah but at, at, at that, by that point, I we had we had we got home early and we wanted to, and we were trying to beat the freaking snowstorm home that never had actually came anyway. But yeah, it uh it was all south of us. So, <laughs> uh, but we have a special guest today. Well, go ahead, go ahead and do the honor. Okay, he is one half of the mysterious benefactors, one half of a non-host tag team with Adam Van, Colossus's number one fan. He's putting the Hail Russo in HR. He's the Prince of Port Washington, the keeper of the key to the Jewish space laser, the Shalom slaughterer, leader of murder, death, Kvetch gang. Oy vey, all fucking day. Jay Gold, Josh Goldstein. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't even know what to say with half of those. Uh, shout out to Big Austin. He uh, gave me the hookup on all those. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't even know what any of that is, but that is that's that's terrific. I'm all for it. Yeah, he, he hit me with the oy vey all fucking day, and I I laughed so hard. That I was like, awesome. I have to use that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, I can say to you, I know who Bad Bunny is, and. All of his merch is sold out on the WWE's website, so lots of people know who he is. I, I cannot believe all of his merchandise has been sold out, but all of his merchandise has been sold out. Well, it's easy to sell it out when there was only 20 pieces of each. He had he people bought posters and, and T-shirts and all sorts of nonsense. I've never seen anything like it before. It's, 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 I mean, they made more stuff for him than they do for Cesaro. Probably more for yeah. him than Alistair Black, too. Oh, poor Alistair Black. He'll mm. be back one day. <laughs> He's got a new figure yeah. out that looks really fucking cool. I, I kind of want Yeah, it. that new line of all, all those, that whole new line looks terrific. That Gargano I mean, looks real good. Mm. I'm looking for, like, the very, very rare. Like, I, I, the target by my house now has that Bobby Heenan in the uh, weasel costume. Mm-hmm. And I just keep eyeing it up, and it's never gone. I mean, I've been here like two months now and and that's i don't think it's ever going to go i want i want that one and i think there's an eddie guerrero there that i might pick up but um those are solid you you always ask in the um discord about that the pod van dam discord and i always want to tell you yeah grab those they're all good ones like if you like them get them because if you don't grab them now you'll see them in six months and they'll be 70 dollars, and you'll be like i should have grabbed those 
Yeah, yeah. I, I they have such random. They had a Dustin, you know, a Dustin Rhodes AEW. That's that's the only time I've ever seen an AEW doll at that store ever. And I was like, okay, let me just, I'll just pick that one. So I, I grabbed that one, and then I know uh, I, I love Rhea Ripley. So that one's been sitting there. They have that entire line. So it's like Rhea, Kofi, um, and there's two others, and they have oh, it's the Fiend. Mm-hmm. Um, and one other, and they have the whole line right there. Like no one's ever, no one's touched it. And it's, that's pretty much brand new. So that really looks pretty good. Up. So yeah, yeah, it looks good. So and I, I don't, I'm not, I'm new to that whole game. So I'm still trying to figure out what it means when they have an elite versus the, like the basic pack. So I'm, I'm trying to figure all that out. Does it mean I should buy the elites or only like, I, I don't know what that means. The elites have like usually multiple uh, hands and heads and like they look, they have like the FX face technology. The, the basics are just your basic normal line, but the elites have like extra stuff packed in with them. Uh, so, so the wrestling universe literally carries every elite. So if, when I go over there next week, uh, I think we'll all probably buy ourselves something, but, they have, uh, I mean, if you guys ever get back over here, that store, the there's two of them. They have, they just opened up another one, like in in East Long Island, and that's where I met Doring and Roadkill. Mm-hmm. And it's every doll. I mean, it's every single thing you guys can think of. And they have autographed, you know, they're they're autographed. They're in cases. When I first started going there, they had more like titles and uh, cool memorabilia, and they've kind of morphed. I think. I think and it's basically just due to the climate, but they've morphed into like an all figure shop. So, you know, loose, loose LJN dolls, um, the ones, you know, the rubber ones, the basic ones, all those like random WCW, CW figures. Um, you know, so now it's basically just a figure shop and that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, everybody likes that. And then they make their, the rest of their money on those meet and greets, which they do. They, they, they have like four guys at a time every weekend. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm sure eventually once uh, we all get our vaccinations and uh, we're, we're free and clear, the, the whole PVD gang is going to be partying out there. So, Oh, yeah. You, you're all welcome to, to come here and stay with me. It'll be, uh, it'll be something else. We'll go to Create a Pro. We'll do, we'll do a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Wrestling Universe. Yeah, it'll be cool. When, when this crap is, is behind us, hopefully by the summer we can figure that out. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess we should talk about uh, we sponsored some stuff the in the last week. Uh, so last week, actually, it was like two weeks ago, we sponsored a show uh, on Action Wrestling that's going to be airing this Friday. Um, our friend of the show, Dominic Garini, will be taking on uh, Damian Tangra on the um, No Easy Way Out portion of the show, which starts at about 6.30 Eastern on IWTV. Uh, so definitely, um, check that out. And then the, the second half of that starts, I believe at nine o'clock and, uh, it's going to feature the last match of actually, no, the Anthony Henry, Nolan Edward match will probably be on. Yeah. That's on the no easy way out, but the second show eyes on the throne has Kevin Koo against Fred Yehi, uh, Akira versus Angelus lane and AC Mack defending his action championship. He has never lost the title. He's held it. He's the first champion, and he's facing Eric Royal for a second time in a no-DQ match. Uh, that'll be this Friday starting at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on IWTV. Um, and then I decided, hey, uh, that, that that went well. I was able to sponsor that. Let's sponsor some more stuff. So uh, after talking with uh, Bobby Beverly last week, 
and how much he uh, says Paradigm is his home. We, we decided to sponsor season two of the UWFI Contender Series, and we're going to sponsor two of his matches, the first being him versus uh, Montez in uh, a rematch. Uh, their match from season one actually ended in a uh, – I don't know. I didn't agree with it being a uh, KO because Bobby was still standing, but the ref stopped the match uh, due to strikes, saying that Bobby wasn't defending himself. So we're going to get a definitive winner in the in the rematch. So, so yeah, we're doing that. And uh, then we got big news, Southern Underground Pros coming back uh, for a show. So we're probably going to sponsor something there. Don't know what just yet. I know Jay Gold sponsored uh, them already. So that's right. And we're going to, we're going to keep that one, uh, under wraps. Until yes, sir. The time comes. Yes, sir. Um, but yes, absolutely. I think, uh, I, there's no better way to do it right now. If we can't show our support and, uh, and be there, you know, as much as we can sponsor by merch, do whatever we can for these guys. Cause this is, uh, this is, uh, to me, you know, you know, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I am fired up by all this and I, I can't stand <laughs> to see people struggle. Yeah. So like, all I, all I want to see is these guys, you know, come out of this unscathed and, and, you know, make, you know, keep going with their momentum. So anything we can do to help is, is something I love to do. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, also this week, uh, Pluto TV launched the wrestling channel, which features and stuff. I've, and I have been addicted to that thing. It came out. Like Wait, so what's, what's it. the deal with that? So is it, is it IWTV reruns? Is it, is it uh, a wrestling channel where are they showing mo- multiple promotions? What are they doing on there? Okay. So it looks like, they put this wrestling channel together, but they they licensed some stuff from IWTV. So, like the first season of Beyond Uncharted Territories on there, um, uh, a women's uh, a women's promotion um, is on there, uh, and then some other stuff is on there. And then it looks like there's also like a wrestling anime on there. The Tiger Mask W anime is on there. Oh. I, put, I put that on, and like uh, when I first heard about the channel, and I watched that, and I was like, this is the first anime I've ever actually liked. And uh, now, they ha- they have now like. Let me ask you something about that. Mm-hmm. The, the, remember the show, the Masked Wrestler. Did they ever do the final? Did yeah. They ever give us the match? That we had the final. The, and we don't know no, who the, all the title match. You, yeah. Did they give the title match no. and then show who the Not final? Yet. Not yet. Okay. Any idea when that's coming? Or no, they just don't. I have think a show that's going to be a surprise. So. Ah. Okay. Yeah. But we put a lot of investment into that show. Just watching it. I mean, I'd love to see them. You know, bring out. You know, make put make a final already. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's going to be on some random show. I'm sure probably a beyond show because that seems like the main promotion that IWTV really runs with, with their stuff. And especially with the, um, independent wrestling title is that usually the title changes took place on there or like another major show. Um, that was like a live airing on IWTV. So my guess is we may won't, we may not see it until whenever that comes back or, uh, whenever, you know, sto- shows start happening, uh, consistently. So, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to see the payoff of that show. It, it was well done. Yeah. I everybody just want to know who actually won the thing that they still have not done the reveal. <laughs> and I would like, yeah. I, I like I mean, to the see reveal a season should have been the big deal. Yeah. The yeah. reveal should have been as soon as the winner came, then you should have had a reveal. And then the, the winner should have at that point, um, the winner should have staked his claim to the next, to the championship match. And then you could have had all that build. Instead, you're left with just, you know, a mass wrestler who won the whole tournament. Now no one knows who it is. So 
I don't know. There's a bunch of ways you can go with that. I, I think that one part I think was handled incorrectly. They should have they should have given away who it was at the end. Yeah. So according to the email blast that they actually sent me about the Pluto TV announcement, uh, it's uh, Beyond Wrestling Uncharted Territory Season One, uh, Women's Wrestling Revolution, the entire library, and Defy Wrestling's Defy Now. Uh, which is like a West Coast version of MLW. It felt like when I watched it, uh, presentation-wise. So, Defy used to have Shane uh, Strickland, right? That was like he was like a big deal over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. That's correct. Uh, the, I call one show. I call on the feed. Christopher Daniel had a match on there. He's a lot of the West Coast, Southern California West Coast guy grew on there too. Yeah, it's based oh, out okay. of Seattle, so it's it's pretty good. Um, and then I think they have like wrestler spotlights too. Cause I saw like a couple random like spotlight, like, I don't know if they were like maybe 30 minute segments or something broken up with a uh, spotlight on certain indie wrestlers. So I think that's a really cool concept too, to get people into uh different stuff. So Most I even call a couple, I even call a couple episodes of uh Steve Austin broken call challenge show up on there. Oh, no wow. kidding. They put that on there. Yeah. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I mean, I, I okay. guess <laughs> <laughs> that show was on. That show wasn't on USA, was it? Wasn't it on like, uh, like, like Motor Channel or something? Or DMT or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say that does that might not be owned by WWE, so that's why they might be able to run that. If they're doing sh- if they're doing wrestling related stuff like on DMT, I, I want Hulk Hogan Celebrity Championship Wrestling to come back. Oh God, why do you want to curse? That'll turn people <laughs> off of watching that channel. Stop it. <laughs> It's like a train wreck. You can't turn away. Oh, oh I can turn away. <laughs> Very easily. Turn right away. <laughs> Go over to the Impact channel that's on there and watch that for a little that's bit. That's right. Literally, I have to do a channel up and there it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So we got a bunch of uh, big stuff coming up this week on IWTV. So we're going to run through the uh, what's on IWTV this week, I guess is what we call it. So. All right, so Tuesday, February 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern, New South Pro Wrestling, Action Clash, Episode 22, followed by 9 p.m. Eastern, Heavy Metal Wrestling, the Texas Grand Prix Series, Week 15. Wednesday, February 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern, Paradigm Pro, No Hook 2. Uh, Wednesday, February 10th at 10 p.m. Eastern, New South Pro Wrestling, We Love Pro Wrestling 2021. Thursday, February 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern, Ohio Wrestling Alliance, Good Trouble. I can't wait to check that out. That uh, looked like a really good show. And then Friday, we have a doubleheader, uh, February 12th, 6.30 p.m., Action, No Easy Way Out, followed by 9 p.m., uh, Eyes on the Throne. So definitely check those out. And then Sunday, February 14th, Valentine's Day at 8 p.m., Camp Leapfrog, Camp Love Frog. So I'll definitely be watching that. And that's what's on IWTV this week. Plenty full. They, have, they always have something, uh, always something good on that channel. Yeah, it's uh, there's always. That's the best thing about this man. There's so much content on there, and they keep adding more and more. So it's like, so now if we can only get the if we can only get the live streaming shows back, uh, you know, then I'll be I'll be completely happy with the world. Right. Yep. Soon, yeah, soon, my friend. Soon. Yeah, that's not even counting the stuff they'll add on demand during the week too. Yeah, because like uh, they add all kinds of stuff that doesn't even go up in like a with, with a premiere. So like they'll add like a dozen shows from different companies, which is how Ed keeps finding all these weird Japanese companies that we have to cover because Ed wants to cover them. So <laughs> I don't even know how he finds them. 
I wouldn't even. I would not know to type into the IWTV search any of the things that he writes ever. I don't think. <laughs> I, I've been watching wrestling since 1985. I have never heard of. I have not heard of one. Not one. Not maybe two. Not one. I have not heard one of the shows he has ever mentioned ever, ever. <laughs> I think he. Th- I think he taken rap- a random Japanese word. Gonna bring up. I show. mean, I'm gonna watch that. Yeah, it's like he has his cat typing on a keyboard, and whatever pops up, <laughs> he has all this. There's some promotion that sounds just like what a cat typed on its keyboard, and Ed watches it. <laughs> And then it's we the best to, thing ever to him. So it, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he finds it, but he does. And he loves every second of it. It's amazing. And it's actually on the show next week. We need to actually ask him about what he does. <laughs> ask him if it's if it's a cat or or some kind of spider monkey that writes or whatever, you know, or something <laughs> and find out how he finds those shows for me. Yeah. Next week, it's two A.W. Uh, Chai Battle 80. So I don't know. Exactly. That's made up. It's not a thing. <laughs> definitely not a thing. I mean, we've you know who searches for something like that? Dead. Someone on drugs searches for something like that. <laughs> oh, again, we're talking about him. Mean, that pretty poor guy all the time. No, I don't know what you're talking about. He 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 has a broken fish tank. It's completely different. Don't cold sober every time. Yeah, he's a good boy. <laughs> They don't tell you otherwise. What the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you for? He's Team Wholesome Gang. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into uh, our review this week that everybody has notes on, except for me. But I, I did watch the show. I do have some thoughts. So, yes, right. let's get into. Let's do it. Cannot right. wait. Okay. All right, so All right, show we're reviewing this week here is Wicked Hanuman: The Beginning. March 24th, 2007, from the former ECW Arena, the new Alhambra Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And this is interesting, uh, to say the least. Maybe 150 people calculated in attendance. Something, around, something in there, yeah. A building that used to hold like 1,200, 1,400 just routinely because within the building could get 150 for this card, which had a bunch of ECW guys on it. I well, mean, it, I, it, and, it, and it may have had 150 people, but I'm telling you, maybe 80 were alive. The rest were dead or <laughs> they were not there. They were not mentally. They were not there because that crowd was horrendous for that show. It felt like actually, it was just friends and family is what that was. That was a friends and family <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, I actually I actually noticed an unusual amount of women for a Philadelphia wrestling show and not one of them came to give a shit they were there. Like I have a feeling they were all there for boyfriend and or husband. That's exactly what I was thinking looking at that. I, I, I There were some people in there who looked like they had zero interest in being at any kind of wrestling show or any kind of show to begin with. They just did not want to be – it didn't look like they wanted to be alive at that point. They just wanted to be home and away. So this is going to be something. <laughs> some of them even had all their teeth. They all had teeth. They were sloppy looking, <laughs> but they were. they all had teeth. There was a few people – There was. it was very 2007-y. I, I, I – I mean, every single outfit on every guy. I mean, when we get into it, it just, it's a lot of t-shirts, a lot of basketball shorts. That's what we saw that night. So I even think I saw some Jinkos in there in the main event. So So did I, as a matter of fact. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what was the first match, Jayhawk? All right. Can we open with Corey Cackle against Matt Bombay? Matt Matt Bomboy, I'm sorry. Bomboy. As those horrible announcers said to you, Bomboy. Yeah, they made the point that he doesn't like Bombay at Bomboy. That's right. Corey Castle, who 
is he's been around forever at this point. Um, in Capital Wrestling, he came out with Jimmy Rave and uh, Timmy Danger, um, and they were a a um, almost like a cult gimmick. And Corey Castle never wrestled. Corey Castle would bring out somebody who was a Corey Castle from another dimension. So his gimmick was he'd bring out one time he had a black guy who was Corey Castle. One time he had a young kid who was Corey Castle. One time he had a woman who was Corey Castle. And every show that I saw him at in Hoboken, he had a different dimensional, interdimensional Corey Castle, which I thought was a cool gimmick for a little while. So um, he's he's literally been around at this point. I mean, if it's 2007 and he was doing it then, I mean, you know, 14 years, 15 years, he's been at least doing it. Speaking so, of cool I, gimmicks, how about that Dan the Dad? That, that's a neato gimmick right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know how much you guys like that Dan the Dad. Oh. That and that Matt Bomb boy, I don't think I've ever seen him again after that match. He kind of looked like L- Loki, um, and and from what I have here, um, I don't know, uh, uh, Jared, if you saw they they go to a uh, um, ringside and there's a guy named GQ sitting at ringside. Yeah, and I didn't notice that. And they're like, "There's GQ who's retired, and he's not a he's not a uh, active competitor. He's enjoying the show." Um, and and they kept going back to GQ, and I'm like, I I personally, I don't know if you guys ever did, but I've never heard of GQ before. So I, I there was no pop, like there was no like uh, pop for it. It's not like you know they had. I mean, the set for the show is pretty good. I mean, if you guys saw it, you know the double mm-hmm. screens, the the smoke, the ramp. I mean, it was pretty well put together for a show that has never been run before. Um, I think that was all borrowed but, from like CZW and stuff or whoever was running the arena at that point. Cause I know a lot of shows use that same exact setup. Well, yeah. so Corey castle. So I have on here, the, the announcers again, they, they have no idea who, um, Matt Bomboy is. Um, and I, I have written down over and over again, these guys are awful. The announcers were awful. I don't know if you guys knew who they were, but, um, they, yeah, they said their names like 4,000 times. Can never go bad. I still didn't write them down. Like I think they didn't, I mean, they were so monotone the entire show. I mean, the announcers at one point there was a forum exchange, and the guy, and I think it was Castle went down, and Bomboy just started playing to the crowd, and the announcers were yelling, "Go for a cover," because there was no cover, and the match sucked. And then they grabbed chairs, and they were doing like those Hogan style chair shots on each other, and you know those really soft uh, uh, nonsense. And then I have Bomboy signaling for something. I don't know what he was signaling for. And he went to the top row and he did a moonsault onto a chair and the guy, and then Corey Castle kicked out and I have here awful false finishes. Even in 2007, they're kicking out of things that were, you know, finishers and Corey Castle does a finisher called the castle plunder, you know, like you're going to plunder the castle. And yet the announcer kept calling it castle plunder. And I'm like, why does he keep saying castle plunder? <laughs> what the hell is he saying? Like, that's not even a word. I know for a fact it's not Castle Plundar. And he kept saying it, and he hit him with it, and it was awful. And then Corey Castle takes a mic at the end of the match, and he starts cutting a promo on GQ. And when GQ answers, they cut Corey Castle's mic, and he's walking around the ring trying to get it back on. At one point, he just goes, forget it. And you could just see him say, forget it. And he throws the ring, he throws it down. He gets involved with GQ, and I have written here, that's a hot angle. Like, he starts slapping GQ around, and GQ is all fired up, and he comes out from behind the barricade in his black and gray striped button-down, which I owned, by the way, when I was in, in college, when I went to date parties. 
1999 and his and his dark bootcut jeans and he took an ass whooping and they had to separate him and that was the end of that dumb angle from that spot and i was like okay this is all right i see where they're going with this sort of but i i have no emotional investment and these guys are making an out like gq came back is like steve austin sitting at ringside and he decided to come out of retirement to throw a punch at somebody it was utterly absurd so GQ used to wrestle at CZW, so like it, it's all tied to CZW and like them thinking people actually cared about CZW. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. that's my that's my write up of that nonsense. What went on there? <laughs> yeah, so like I noticed like right away. First off, we get the first dive of the show at like two fifteen. Because even in two thousand seven, people were doing too many goddamn dives too early in the fucking show. Yep. I have that. I have dives. I have announcers yelling for covers, sloppy exchanges on the cement floor. I said, I wrote the crowd sort of hot with a, with a question mark because I didn't. The crowd was so bad. I didn't even know if they were cheering for anything. I had I had no idea. But like, but like at one point, Cackle being a heel, he's doing choke, he's using the rope, and the referee counting five. I'm like, okay, the promotion had rule. Then they start fucking doing the shit with the chairs. I'm like, okay, do we have rule? Do we not have rule? What the fuck going on? Yeah, like, all I, right, I, there's, there's no coherent, there's no coherent, no continuity in the opening goddamn match. That plays itself into the match later. That that supposed tables match that's supposed to be on. That's after oh, the. Uh, oh, you know, oh, oh, I got something to say about that. I'll yeah, that yeah. So that goes into that that second match. Here's a here's another thing that I don't know about either one of these guys. But uh, Jared, if you're, are you do you want to talk about the next match? Uh, before we get into the next match. Uh, I, I did do a little bit of, of research here as far as Matt Bomboy go. Uh, last show I've got listed for him is back in 2013. And ironically enough, it was a loss to Corey Cackle. So weird. Yeah, hey man. Matt Bomboy has a, uh, a MySpace page on, on the cage match. So. Oh, technically I have a MySpace, a MySpace page too. I don't think I've logged into it in like 10 years. I had he looked kind of like Loki, but I wasn't really sure what his deal was. Like, he didn't wrestle strong, so I had no idea. You know, he just looked like one of those, like, random bald guys that were supposed to be kind of scary. But I have, you know, I have on here lots of T-shirts and basketball shorts and kick pads. So I wasn't really <laughs> sure <laughs> exactly what, what his deal was. He didn't really present himself as anything. So, Oh, my. Okay. At least I knew some on? of the people in the next match. <laughs> All right, so our next match is the team of Metro Picnic, which is Jude and Eric Tuttle, uh, affectionately known to ECW fan, Ring of Honor fan, and Cowboy, taking on Faith and Nothing of Christian Faith and Vincent Nothing. And we're going to be a minute into this match, and I was already fed up with commentary here because they didn't know the difference between Vincent Nothing and Christian Faith. Like, they got them mixed up and got it wrong the entire fucking match. And, like, how do you not fucking prepare on who's who? Like well, how, does, how did this fucking happen? Well, my I even go back to the beginning. The whole Metro sickness, and they come out as supposedly metrosexuals. So mm -hmm. they come out to Amadeus, and then <laughs> I have here: How are they metrosexuals in ill-fitting sports coats and old T-shirts? <laughs> so how is that metrosexual? Yeah, I mean, South Park. That's South Park is better. <laughs> it's not even close to metrosexual. It's yeah, not even park metrosexual <laughs> thing better. Really you're, not even in, you're not even in the same ballpark by calling someone metrosexual in an old sport coat that like they used to tell wrestlers if you're going to show up in the ring tonight in a suit and they would go to like the, uh, you know, the vintage shop and find whatever would fit and throw it on and come in, you know, and be in a suit that night. There is no way in hell that I would have considered these two guys metrosexuals. And then they give then they have a bunch of um, of, of, you know, gay jokes and dumb spots like that 
there was at one point I have here, um, they did some spot that they were, it was extremely homophobic and these guys called it, they called their finisher total penetration or something. And yeah. I was like, guys, I'm like, and then I'm thinking, I'm like, I forgot it's 2007, but I was like, even then I probably wouldn't have popped for any of that. It was such nonsense. Right. Like it was so stupid. It, you know, it hurt my head the whole time. Like, I was like, this is not, this is not what, a uh, and, and I, I really got upset because that guy's name was Christian faith. Also, like, I was like, Oh, Christian faith. I get it. Faith in nothing. I get it. Like they slap you over the head with that. I'm like, okay, I got it. <laughs> so at one point I wrote crowd is lost 17 minutes in Tuttle blows his knee out doing some ridiculous flip for nothing landing on his legs. Then he flips onto his legs on the outside of the ring, hits the guardrail, and then I wrote, this dude is done. Literally done. Take it home. This guy is done. Broken legs. <laughs> and he, they had to bring it home, and it was finished. That was it. That guy, Eric Tuttle, flipped with those legs right into the guardrail, and that was it. He was not getting up. <laughs> Yeah, and for what it's worth, I've got literally a cage match had literally had one more match for Eric Tuttle lifted after that could come up a year later. I mean, he was I, I have he is he is done. Like he that that was that was the end of that guy's night and probably of his career, uh, because that was brutal and the move he did was stupid to begin with. So Yeah, yeah he's yeah. doing a move called onto the floor and the guardrail were too close to the ring anyway. Yep. And he just and he just shattered his leg over the guardrail, and then even even the commentator's like, "Oh, he broke his leg. He's done." Like, <laughs> yeah, that that match was uh, that that finish you could see, and you could also see that the guy who looked like Kane, what was his name, Vincent Nothing or whatever, he the two of them were ready. They they knew the match was done. They were like, "All right, yeah, that's it." So they that was actually out. Christian Faith, and that that Christian Faith is uh, Ricky Shane Page. Ricky Shane Page. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Christian Faith was... No, I'm talking about the guy who looked like Kane. Was that Vincent? The one that had the mask the on? Mask. Yeah. That was, that was Christian Faith. They, oh. the, the, the announcers got them mixed, and Christian Faith oh. is Ricky Shane Page. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that match was so bad. <laughs> I, that's, the, that's the thing, man. Christian Faith and Vincent Nothing. Faith and Nothing was like one of my first like indie tag teams I got into, and I really liked them. And I was like, oh, this match shouldn't be bad. And then it started. I'm just like, this is awful. What the hell, it was, man? It was bad. It was, <sighs> <laughs> that match and was then, bad. And then at one point, the, ref, the referee just, just let a non-tag go, Luke Trek legal man, the commentary started bearing the referee on. I'm like, you don't even know who got the fucking match. You're burying the referee. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, no, the, the announcers buried the referee. They talked about each. They didn't. They, their tone never went up. And every time somebody screwed up or did something that, that didn't make any sense, they blew up the entire match on commentary. So it, you just completely lost interest. I mean, that was it. I completely lost interest when they blew up, once they blew it up. So I, I don't know. The, 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 whoever those guys were were terrible. But that match was, that finish was awful. Just awful. Uh, yeah, that's, I blame all of that on Metro Sickness. Uh, Faith and Nothing was an actual halfway decent tag team, uh, especially in that era. Who, who, were, who were they feuding with? Because you know what? I wasn't a CZW guy, so they I, didn't I'm not really, very familiar. They didn't get like many opportunities in CZW because uh, I think whoever was booking at the time didn't like um, Ricky for some reason. I think he just didn't like that he was a, a, a heavier guy. So like they, I think they got like one one shot and that was it. And then when he became Ricky Shane Page, 
they brought him in on like one show, didn't like him. Uh, DJ Hyde didn't like him, and then they didn't book him again for a little bit, and then he finally got in there at some point somehow. So the announcers buried DJ Hyde a bunch during that show, if you remember. <laughs> I mean, they they made comments about him the whole night. I have it written down a whole bunch of times. I'm like, why do they keep talking about you know DJ Hyde? But they, they went after him a bunch of times during that show. Yeah, I think this was just like a lot of like the old students were on this show. A lot of the guys that got kicked out of CZW when they went in a different direction was like basically what this show was made up of. And uh, so probably a lot of sour grapes there, probably. I mean, uh, not that he was a good guy at any, any facet or anything, but I mean, that'd be my guess. I could be completely wrong, but. <laughs> well, on to the next match, which, which is, again, I, more basketball shorts and kick pads. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, we've got Gary Alexander versus Akbar. The announcer called Gary Alexander Ray Alexander the entire match. Somebody fucking cue your commentary team in. Like, give your goddamn commentary team a, the goddamn card because they know who the fuck is who. Well, this is your actual fucking name card. Alexander comes out in, in, in a Puerto Rican flag shirt and basketball shorts and kick pads. So it's another another guy that if you're going to make a new show, so if Wicked Hanneman had any thoughts of doing anything besides this show it probably would have been good to introduce these guys and give them some sort of backstory and uh you know and then you have akbar who comes out of course the 2000 early 2000s muslim stuff so he was from iraq and he had to pray when he came down and he had to come out to that you know um muhammad hassan music and it was it it just was so stereotypical and there was great. It wasn't like Alexander was like Mr. USA, and that was the match they were running. It was just this guy in basketball shorts and kick pants, kick pads versus Akbar, who is Muslim, and you have to boo him because he's Muslim. And that was it. I mean, that was the you know the match was terrible. I have this match literally sucks, and I have at one point they updated that dude who went to the hospital, and they said he was injured, and then. Um, they then Akbar did a terrible camel clutch and they mentioned the iron Sheik, And I think they even mentioned it wrong about how he did it or whatever. And I have none of the submissions he, su- he submitted to. So you would think that Akbar would do camel clutch and then he would submit. And yet there were no submissions in the match. Akbar did some sort of what uh ripcord clothesline to finish. Which was the straight lariat finish of the night, by the way. Yeah. We're in the, we're in the third match of the show. We've seen the game exact finish twice. Yeah. And it just was. And then he had he had to talk too, which I fast forwarded through because I can't enough with giving these guys mics after everything. You're not setting anything up, so what's the point? Oh, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second here. Uh, <laughs> the one bright part of the entire match, Alexander looked like he was cutting up Akbar for a tarantula, and he had to do crunching in the corner instead. I like that spot. I thought it was a nice little arrogant spot. Of course, he's the baby fake. Why are you doing the arrogant spot? I don't know. But uh, but, th- but that promo that you fast-forwarded with, yeah. Akbar is actually talking about how he's going to sign with a bigger company. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and that Akbar became... <laughs> I have no idea that he had exactly. no profile in cage right. <laughs> And that guy became what you know today as the Yeti. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what that guy did. He was terrible, and I want nothing to do with him. So that's the end of that nonsense. Okay. Basketball shorts and kick pads. Let's do it. Next one. <laughs> Better. Get any comment on your end? No. <laughs> they don't call the best podcaster in wrestling for nothing, folk. That's right. Just don't call me at all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, now let's go to an only slightly better match. Craig Virgin <laughs> Jojo. Oh, Craze and is 150 pounds of him. And they said, you should know him from CZW. All I have here is he's a tiny little fella. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never heard of him. I don't know who Craze is. He had nice abs and he was very small. Yeah. And no, Nick is not, and Nick is not the same Jojo that was on Total Diva, although the guy looked like he hated Jojo from Total Diva. I have there, yeah, more God. t-shirts and basketball shorts. Jojo coming out in t-shirt and basketball shorts and face paint this time. I don't know who Jojo is. Do you guys know who he was before? He doesn't even I have a cage who, match I don't either. Know no, he doesn't have a profile on cage match either. Neither does Crane, for that matter. Uh, he, I, the look he was going for was the headhunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the look he was going for off of. That's what he reminded me of. Not quite that athletic, although still not bad. So so at one point, Craze does a dive over the barricade, and I have already half the roster has injured themselves on the railing. Why do they keep doing these dives out of the ring onto the barricade? But there was one awesome spot that JoJo took Craze, and he did a, a belly-to-belly, overhead belly-to-belly into the turnbuckle with him. And Craze went like back and neck and head first into the middle turnbuckle. I think he ended up like falling through it. That was a really good spot. And then I said... Then I have here, I will say this crowd sucks. Nobody popped at all for that move. So, I, I'm, I, I mean, there was only so much they could do. I think JoJo got gassed like, you know, six minutes into the match. And I have here, get somebody get him some water because he keeps playing in the crowd. You could see he's like gasping for air. And then he does an abdominal stretch to 150-pound craze. It made, it made absolutely no sense why he needed to do a rest move like that. Um, and I... Uh, then he, I have Craze won the match with a 450, but the announcer called it a 360. And I just wrote yuck. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least commentary knew who everybody was in this match. He didn't call the the finish right. I mean, that was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I, and the the other, I think the other announcer like like berated him about it, but they didn't even call the finish right. Like these guys are horrendous, and they have such good television value. Like the it looked good. Like the match itself, everything was filmed right. The, the 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 graphics were good. Everything looked good. The announcers just ruined it. Like every time they opened their mouth. Yeah, I think this was filmed by Smart Mark, so I mean, at least yeah. the quality was there for that. But I mean, that might have been the best thing about the entire show. <laughs> I mean, it was. It was very well done for 2007 independent show. I mean, it was very well done. Okay, so then we go before we go to our next match. Corey Cack will come out and attack GQ. Yep. We didn't get enough of that at the beginning of the show. Well, I will say GQ was throwing some of those really good Memphis punches. Like, they, yeah. they actually look decent. And then I just wrote, he keeps saying Castle Plundar. And I just was so mad about the fact that he kept saying that. I just wanted this guy to go away. I just, stop saying Plundar. That's not what it is. That's not the name of the move. No, he, he would he was pitching a, a new anime called Castle Plundar. <laughs> That's what he was going for with that. Yeah, that was that was brutal. That that whole beat up session and 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 then at the end, I think they, the, I I I'm trying to find. I don't think I have where at the how that ended. But did they did they escort GQ out of the ring? Uh, I, something like that, right? I bo- I'll, I'll, I literally just wrote down Corey Cack will come back and attack GQ, but I really didn't care after maybe on that. <laughs> I think you're right though. All right, go from there. We go to um, uh, uh, tag team table match. VD of Eddie Valentine and, and John Dahmer, accompanied by Big Mac Mac, taking on Danny Havoc and the mystery partner, Nate Hatred, with the do, Dewey Donovan. And uh, this is all, how hard it gets for your ring announcement to announce what the rules of the fucking match are. Yeah. 
because I'm assuming it's a table match. It's the EKW arena. Go through the table and and you, and you lose. Maybe both members of the team have to go through the table. Now these guys are doing fucking tag. They're doing. They're going for fucking pins. The announcer came and like, why are we going for pins? It's a table match. Like, why are we going for pins? And then somebody goes through a table and it's like, oh, it's an elimination then because match is continuing. And then somebody else goes through a table and even and now everyone's like, what the fuck's going on? And then the match ends gonna pin. Well, nobody went through the tables right the entire time. The tables didn't break properly. The tables didn't break at all. Uh, Danny Havoc took like he literally took every move. And you know what? I I, I don't know if you guys know it, but it, it killed me because I don't know a lot about Nate Hatred. But he comes out and he looks so scary. And then when he takes the mic and he starts talking, he has the thickest Philadelphia accent and the least the least fearful voice. Like I. There couldn't be anybody less scary than when Nate Hatred opened his mouth and was like, "Oh, you're gonna, eat, you're, uh, you're, you're gonna get some water here." Like I'm like, "Oh God, this guy, he's killing me. His accent's terrible. He, he, there, he, to all the mystique is gone, and I don't know anything about him, but uh, I'm not even sure. Like, if you guys knew a lot more about Nate Hatred than I did, but the only one I knew in that match was Danny Havoc. So yeah, uh, Nate Hatred used to team with Nick Gage as the Hate Club. Uh, Nate, uh, okay. Nate Hatred passed away uh, the day of All In um, a couple years ago. Auto, automobile accident. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And uh, well, then I now I feel bad. <laughs> oh. See, now I feel bad. Why didn't you get? You couldn't give me a heads up before we did this podcast. Fuck! I didn't. I didn't. Slandering I didn't. a dead man. <laughs> God, damn I, I didn't know you were going to go off on of that kind of tangent. Yeah, on man. Uh, I mean, I, you're not wrong because that was everybody's big complaint was that as soon as you heard him speak, the mystique was gone with Nate Hatred, but he looked big and scary. That was always his plus was that he looked big and scary. So and theoretically, the reason the dude is out there with him because that the dude can do the talking and he doesn't have to talk and ruin right. the mystique. Oh, right. God. Let's edit that in post. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't have Nick Gage now killing me the next time I see him because I ripped apart his old partner. Oy vey, all fucking day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fuck. I got put on this show and set up now. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is even the re- no one knew the rules of the match and even the referees say, it's. I mean, the announcers go. It's a tables match. Why are there pinfalls? The it was the the match was a shit show. Danny Havoc took an ass whooping in this match. He took every move. I felt like um, he was very young looking. He was very you know he, he didn't have a lot of gear, a size to him. So these guys took the the finish. I think he went through a table and then they pinned him after he went through the table. With, um, a, with a with a super bomb actually. Yeah. Yeah. I felt bad for him. He took a beating. He was bleeding at the end. His mouth was all busted open. But he did come out to Duran Duran, which was awesome. Um, and, Hungry and, like the wolf. Yep, and that was great. And uh, I don't know, the match itself was was nothing to write home about. Okay, no, I, I'm not. This is even the worst I've ever seen. Table or not wanting to break. I went to an independent show. I want to say 2002, and they actually had a table battle royal, ten man battle royal. You've got eliminated by going through a table. And this one poor kind of a bitch, they tried to pull him through the, ta- the game table like 10 times before it finally broke. The biggest pop of the entire show when the table finally broke to eliminate the poor motherfucker. Unbelievable. Yeah, that, that one didn't do it. And uh, it, that took a, took a lot of people out of that match. It's not like the fans were paying attention anyway, but it still took a lot of people out of that match, I think, during this show. Okay, so from there, we go to Nikki Ben versus Jerry Lynn. Nikki Ben gets Nick Burke doing a lounge finger gimmick. 
And he's actually not bad at the lounge finger gimmick. The intentionally bad finger. He reminded me of Tony Clifton. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and that was when Jerry Lynn still was in amazing shape and still had the hair flowing. And, I mean, Jerry Lynn was built. Like, I, I, don't, I don't remember what year he started getting injured where he couldn't go anymore, but he looked like a million bucks on this show. Like, he was probably the best looking as far as most polished. Uh, best looking, you know, figure wise, you know, move wise, he, you know, you could tell as soon as he he was in there, you're like, ah, okay, I'm like, here comes, you know, this is this is more than major leagues as opposed to, you know, watching, you know, uh, JoJo, you know, flop around the ring for air. So, you know, that was that was good to see because I like Jerry Lynn a lot. So what kind of surprised me at least with Jerry Lynn being involved, they did play this largely for comedy, and it's actually pretty good for what it is. They can actually, yeah. at, the, at the, this point, they put the, the bright spot of the show. Uh, they Ben could go into Larry School, uh, Larry Gabisco School of Stalling. He's leaving the ring. Yeah, yeah, trying not getting get involved with it. At one point, they do the crisscross, and Jerry Lynn climbs beneath the ring, and Ben keeps running back and forth until he's too winded to keep running. Uh, we and then, and then, and then they did a million headlock spots too. Yeah, they mm-hmm. did. They did a headlock spot. They did a run the rope spot. I have, though, it, it seemed to feel like a waste of Jerry Lynn because the match went on very long and they did a lot of mat wrestling. And then they, they you know, and then then he finished with the cradle pile driver. But the match went, I mean, as I told when I, me and Butters were talking yesterday about it, that it's to have so many CZW guys and be in ECW ring and do just regular mat based wrestling was kind of surprising for a show that you know felt was should have felt different i guess yeah at one point jerry lynn even gets on the mic and start singing his own version of start front of the new new york new york talking about kicking nicky ben hack like yep like they can, they can remarkably good for what it is when you figure it's jerry lynn and you don't expect jerry lynn to be in the kind of thing but i do agree with you i think it didn't go away to jerry lynn the, the guy who in that fucking very building was having five-star matches with rob van dam and five-star matches with pretty much everybody on the fucking ekw roster and then this is what you bring him in for. Yep. And and it just it it. it uh, then again, I, I wasn't surprised um, because of the rest of the show. But you know, uh, uh, you would think and again, you would think with the show, it's such good production value. You know, the intros, all that stuff. They would have matches that were like bangers. But you can't have bangers when the crowd also is completely disinterested. And I mean, you're watching Jerry Lynn. If I saw Jerry Lynn in 2007 at a at an independent show at the ECW Arena, my head would have exploded. Yeah, it literally would have my head would have it would have been like a scanners, you know, in scanners. My head would have just burst. And I don't nobody seemed to give a shit. Like it was very strange. And yeah, the same guy that WKW thought wasn't marketable. So they put him on a Mac and called him Mr. JL. Like that was a big surprise. Cause that's like that one. Yep. Yep. They they messed up with that. So what well, WWE messed up with him, too, didn't they? They had him as something else, if I remember. No, they brought him in at Jerry Lynn. They gave him the light heavyweight title like at first night in and then did nothing with him after that. Oh, right. That's what it was. They did nothing with him after they just threw that cruiserweight belt around or whatever. Although they did put him on a match with Rob Van Dam on Sunday Night Heat. That was like 15 minutes long, and they cut it down to like six minutes for TV, and everybody who was there live went, what the fuck? Yeah. I, I mean, they, nobody really – Jerry Lynn had the look, but he didn't have the height, and that was against him for his whole career, I think. Yeah, they should have uh, let RVD and Jerry Lynn just give them 30 minutes on, on Sunday Night Heat and then let them like – That'll make him a star, period. But do when I, I mean, I'll say it. I'll say it a, a million times. The, the original, the first year of Sunday Night Heat, that show was just as important to the daily storylines in WWE as Raw and SmackDown. When Sunday Night Heat 
would do an hour show before pay-per-view, you could see a title change before pay-per-view. Like they actually did, you know, they actually used that show as an extension of almost Raw or SmackDown. And then it became throw. I don't know when it became just throwaway garbage, but it, you know, it, it devolved from, from an, like I remember seeing X-Pac and Can. I think they won the tag titles on Sunday Night Heat. I think you're right. Right with that, that first year, that first year, right about the time Russo left and about the time that they started treating that show as just another B show. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't. It was a great show. Like it, it was. It was. It really was one of my one of my favorite. Like I did not want to miss that hour of Sunday Night Heat. Like I was like, oh, five, eight, seven, eight. I'm I'm on top of it. And and you know, having if you would have put Jerry Lynn and RVD on Sunday Night Heat in 1999 or whatever the year was that it first debuted when they were still doing, you know, when MTV was throwing all that money behind it, you would have had both those guys would have been mega stars like right away. But. Of course, they don't listen to us. So what do they? What do we know? <laughs> we'll just sit here and review Wicked Hanneman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was the end of the first deck on the Smart Mark video feed. As they didn't bother editing out the feed here, and we go to the second half of the show with the new Irish drinking team. And I cannot believe this is a thing. Ian Knock and Andrew Teth Martin in Teth's first match after being released from WWE taking on the team of Adam Flash and Monster Mac, also a tag team that I can't believe actually happened. That really feels like, okay, we got four guys left on the show who aren't doing anything. Tag match, here you go. <laughs> well, I have holy, like, I didn't even realize that it was test at first. I was like, I just wrote, holy shit. And then everybody was saying ECW at him, and he was like saying ECW back, and like, I'm like, ECW test? I'm like, <laughs> what? what? Like, I didn't. I was like trying to understand what was going on there. And I was like, are you talking about the ECW on sci-fi? Like, was that what they were cheering for him for? Yeah. Yeah. The one that made money for him for the one that made money. I can't even believe it. Like, I was like, are you cheering for him for ECW on sci-fi? I'm like, good for you people. At least they did that. But I, he looked great by the way. He didn't belong on that show either. If you put (laughs) Tess versus Jerry Lynn as the main event of that show, you would have sold a hundred more tickets. That's what should have been the main event. Dude, he got that hot tag and he hit that pump handle power slam like it was nothing on Monster Mac. Yes. Like he got him up. Yes. I'm like, Jesus, it's like nothing for him. He was Dude, I have that here. I have that here. I could not believe it. I could what about what about Monster Mac going to the top rope and just crashing and burning out of nowhere? Did you did, like I have here, I'm like, I'm like, I have I'm like Mac goes I said there's first of all. It took entirely too long to get Tess the hot tag, okay? He, he He's sitting there. You have Ian Knox taking an ass whooping. Tess's hot tag, by the way, is awesome. It looks just like it should. You got to be fired up, you know, get in there and do it. The fans, first of all, stink, so they ruined everything. But it took too long to get Tess in for the hot tag. He was. You have Tess sitting right there. Let him get in the ring for people. Like no one wants to watch him stand on the side of the ring for six and a half minutes. Collected that paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who even knows what they had to pay him for that show? But when Monster Mac fell off the top rope, I was like, okay, you just, you know, I, I wrote here, I wrote, you have Tess here. Tess is watching Fat Monster Mac fall off the top rope. Like, what are you doing, guys? Like, what? That was a spot you guys discussed in the back. No, I'm gonna go up there. And I'm going to, you know, and test didn't go like, dude, you sure you can do this? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I do it all the time. I go up from the second rope to the third rope, but I never fall. Really? You never fall? And he looked like a baby giraffe 
trying to walk on the, on the third rope, and he fell. Of course, he fell. <laughs> you know, what? I'm a fan of the Hip Squad when they were in, when they are in ROH. I like yeah. Boston Mac. Yes, so do I, I, I but like he had no business. Like, no, I, I like him too. I knew at the minute he came out, I was like, okay, that's cool. He had no business doing that spot on that show. There was no reason for it. None. There was no reason for it. Okay, like, so, I, I, let's, look at it, let's look at it this way. Eric Tuttle went up to the top rope, probably broke his leg. Yep. Craig, what, Craig did a dive and killed himself. Why the <laughs> fuck do you think it's a good idea if the smaller guy can probably able to kill himself? That's what I'm saying. Nobody paid attention for the whole thing. Like, I, I, like it, it, you know, you, you're waiting for Tess to come in and the spot you use somewhere in that match is Monster Mac going to the, the top rope. Like, he didn't talk to Tess beforehand and go, Let, what do you want to do? Like, you just came from TV and this is a big opportunity for us to work together. Like, what, what would you, you, you think I should go up to the top rope? Like, you think Tess was sitting there in the corner like, this is some shit right here. <laughs> what, what happened to my career all of a sudden? Like, I, I, I don't get it. I think it was a terrible, you know, process. I also wrote on here, Tess should murder everyone. Like, the way he looked, I mean, he looked, he didn't have a shred of fat on him. Like, he was tore up, like, like steroided out Tess, and he looked fantastic. And he should have killed everybody. And I have here, he did three minutes of work. He literally worked in the ring for three minutes. That was it. Yep. That, that's what a thousand bucks gets you. <laughs> three minutes he was in there but that i was i like to see him that that i forgot you know you you people pass away and you kind of especially in sports that you love and you kind of forget what made you want to root for them in the first place mm -hmm. and like he came out and i was just like oh man i i love test test yep. was him and albert and test and in every angle that he was in like he was a big scary dude and he looked good and his he big boot. that pump handle yeah. His big boot was legendary, dude. I loved his big boot. It fucking yeah. destroyed people. Yeah. And he hit it here and I popped for it because it still looked fucking good. Yep. It looked great. Well, I mean, he was in he was in perfect shape. I mean, he was just coming right out of TV. So, you know, everything he did probably was was spot on. But um, you know, you forget when a guy passes away how much they meant to you or how much mentally like you enjoyed, you know, that that guy. Like when I watch Eddie Guerrero matches, my head kind of like I can't believe that he's gone, but I also can't believe that he did the stuff he did in the late nineties, like in the mid nineties. Mm -hmm. I mean, every guy tries to do that now and they don't even look a 10th as good as what Eddie used to do, like in 1995, you know? So it's, it's, you take for granted when you lose these guys, like how, how really purely talented they were. And, you know, seeing monster Mac fall off the top rope and then Tess come in and, and flawlessly execute a boot and a pump handle and you're like oh that's the difference you know that's the difference in that's the difference in tv that's the difference in what makes a guy better than another guy you know it's 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 not insulting it's just the way you know it's just some people are much you know he was much better so okay from there we go to what wound up being a four-way dance loki issue can open challenge three men accept the open challenge we got a four-way with loki gabian ruckus and conjay dot they could by far the best thing on this show uh, that's the Donka match I have the fewest note for because it was so good. I just want to get down and watch it rather than actually take note on shit. It, it was good. I just didn't know that Loki. I said I have Lo when he first came out. I was like, he has an open challenge. Like, has this been a thing? Why does it, why does anybody care? And he's also in basketball shorts. I remember Loki's look. I get it. But he was in black basketball shorts. I'm like, does everyone wear basketball shorts on the show? <laughs> everybody, everybody in kick pads and basketball shorts and pleathers and yeah, just the, yeah. the mishmash of. Yeah, styles and I the, didn't see I didn't see one trunk I didn't see one like 
basic pair of trunks in the entire show. <laughs> yeah, even even Raven in the main event, we get to it. He comes on like the pleather short too. Oh, oh no, he was wearing he was wearing the kilt. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that Raven that when he became that Raven in the kilt with the crazy uh, um, uh, navigation tattoo on the front that kind of looks like a cross and a and a and a compass, almost all of the same thing across his chest. <laughs> but yeah, this was this was a good match. And and Sabian, first of all, Ruckus is amazing everything ruckus ever did was amazing and sanjay will always give you something good and mm-hmm. i don't know enough about sabian but i knew enough I, I was super excited to see ruckus um and loki just scares me every time he's in the ring i mean that 2007 loki scares me now loki i don't know i mean he's a little bit older i think the only thing difference he looks like i have young loki looks like old loki but old loki has frown lines and young loki doesn't have those frown lines that's really it. He looks exactly the same. It's amazing. Yeah. Guy doesn't age. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Loki, Loki today don't care me. Like, I'm not going to lie. I just, I wonder about who, like, I, I don't, I don't ever ask anybody about it, but like a lot, I, when I see old Loki stuff, like I work, did he actually like, did people ever say, yeah, he hurt people in the ring or is it just look that way? I heard some stuff about that early in his career, but not really so much. Lately, I think I think him going to WWE for a little bit and him basically being forced to flow down a little bit helped him long term. So you guys for, forget name? when he what knocked that guy out? And he, Caval. Oh, that's right. Caval, yeah. Do you guys forget when he knocked that guy out that was supposed to be like the next big monster for Gabe and he just he ran and hit a kick and knocked him out cold in the opening of the match? No. That, when was that? Uh, it's on YouTube, I believe. Uh, with Dick in the Evolve era or with Dick before that in Dragon Gate? uh hold on one second okay so yeah um he definitely knocked some guy out and evolve he sure did <laughs> <laughs> that made my night he sure did <laughs> oh lord he didn't knock anybody out in this match though that I, I i think i like i like seeing sanjay sanjay in those big uh sparkly pants was a sight to behold i gotta tell you yeah i like the uh, baggy pants on Jay over when he started wrestling in trunks. I don't know. Yeah. The baggy pants look better when he did like moon salts and things like that. Right. What was, what was Sanjay's? Cause he was part of that, which I like to call like the golden era of finishers in TNA. So between Saban with the cradle shock and AJ with the, uh, with the styles clash, the Canadian destroyer, the black hole slam, um, all these guys had these amazing finishers. He had a finisher too. And I can't remember what it was. Was it the flipping double stomp, or was uh, that somebody else? Um, he, I think he did that move, but I don't think he did it often. He usually used the uh, like a Phoenix splash or called it the Bombay splash or something. That's what it was. Yeah, either way, he was part of that whole um, golden you know era of finishers. I, I mean, all those finishers WWE couldn't hold a candle to. I used to put on that pay per view, you know, that Wednesday show for TNA just to see. If uh, if Petey Williams was on the show or Saban was on the show, I, I never saw anything like it. Like between the cradle shock and the black hole slam in one match, I saw seeing that black hole slam. I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. That was like <laughs> one of my favorite finishers ever. So like I like to see the Sanjay in, in sparkly pants. It reminds me of like golden age TNA. And all anybody remember from a time in TNA when he was Jay Lethal best man of the Cocal Val wedding for Gummerican. <laughs> Jay Lethal, they let him be. Uh, they let him be uh, ma- uh, Macho Man for entirely too long. That gimmick ran its ran its course. W- way they let him hold on to that way too long. I definitely agree. 
Yeah. All right. Main event time. Thank God. <laughs> no, the qualification match. Raven versus Super Leather. I really was looking forward to this, and that was not good. And I'm, I get, I lo- and I love Raven. Raven's one of my favorite people. I love Raven to death. This match was not good. So I'm trying to think. 2007 Raven. Um, was he? Um, was he in ECW? WWE ECW um, no, as uh, well? No he, or no? no, he was actually still doing uh, TNA at this point, too. TNA, that's right. Did he have CM Punk with him? Or Daphne or somebody? Mickey James? This would have been after that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That yeah was, the, the stuff with Raven and Punk was 2003, I think. Oh, my God. It was that much before that? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I couldn't. That All those years kind of blend together. But holy shit. I didn't even realize that. That they were... They were to, that was how far far back that was. Um, that Raven, the Raven with the the Raven in the in the kilt. Also, he did he had a WWE run, didn't he? Wearing that kilt with that tattoo, he did. And he was a lot more oiled up, if I recall. They made him they they had him in he had, he was in pretty good shape during that time. Yeah, Raven's one of the weird weird deal, but like he had that WWE run, and they had a match where he lost to Tommy Dreamer and got kicked off a Raw because they relegated him to Heat for the rest of the run. And he was actually doing really good shit on Heat, but that nobody called because it was fucking Heat. And then all of a sudden he showed up in TNA. They gave him a shot at the NWA World Tell against Jeff Jarrett, and they have Jeff Jarrett look like he's fucking Cooperman, and the entire heel section start throwing shit in the ring. And that was pretty much the that was pretty much peak Raven at that point. Now, now I need your now I need you guys to give me some background on Leatherface or Super Leather because I, I'm. Uh, I don't know where this guy came from, but apparently it was a big deal. So I don't know what 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 is what about this guy was so important that he had to wrestle Raven that that was the main event. Okay, so Cooper Leather here is played by Mike Kirshner, who was in WWF in the mid '80s. Corporal Kirshner, a Carson Slaughter ripoff. Oh. A- after he left the WWF, he did the leather fake gimmick and he started wrestling in, in uh, I believe, with FMW. Mm-hmm. So he did so he did a bunch of deathmatch shit. And then as, he, leather, I, as Leatherface, I, I believe as Leatherface, and then I think he went to jail for a little bit, and they brought in a different guy as Leatherface. That's when he came back as Super Leather. After that, I could be wrong about the jail time. I think I can remember that. I could be I could be confused with somebody else with the jail time, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Well, I did not see that coming. If that's <laughs> if that's the story, I did not see any of that coming as him being Super Leather. He was but, also Axe. Oh yeah. Hmm. Not demolition, not de- not demolition act. Different act. But. Yeah, it was oh. the axe. Well, the fact that he brought that nail board down and they barely touch each other with the side with the nails. Every time they were going to do something, they flipped the side over. And Raven, they, he did like a rake, a back rake with the nails, super leather on Raven, and he, you could see, he like turned it sideways. It would be like if you were brushing your teeth with the back side of your toothbrush. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I'm like, this looks terrible. And then Raven took one shot with it. Or he scratched his melon, you know, his melon across the top of his head at least once, and Raven was bleeding, you know, out of one spot. You could see the one time Raven went to his head to to do his thing, but um, that match was very poor, and Raven didn't do a lot. I mean, he did a lot more than I thought he would do. But I also had like old Raven in my mind, like the one that doesn't do any bumps anymore. But um, he, I mean. He he! It was. I mean, that some of the table spots were awful, awful. 
Hey, did anybody else happen to catch when they were fighting on the floor? Come guy in the, at ring high going, I know it's not the right time, but can I get your autograph? Yes, I yes. heard that. What the fuck? <laughs> Dude, there was so much weird shit. Like they, like he came out with that, uh, with the two by four with the nails and he like smacked the chair and dented the chair with it. And then like they threw like a, a tote in the ring and they had to hit the tote like just stupid shit like what are you guys doing like they didn't Wait, want to be bucket. there didn't you have a bucket at one point raven bought a bucket in the ring and hit it hit the bucket with the uh, nail board and then um uh there was a table spot where the table was broken and then raven put him into it anyway and um then that other dude took all the bumps nicky benz or whatever his name was he took a whole bunch of bumps in that spot and Oh, I, I mean, at, at first he did crowd work, right? He talked about how South Jersey was garbage, but Raven's from North Jersey. So, you know, <laughs> everyone here is trash, but Raven grew up in Jersey, but the right part of New Jersey, North Jersey, like, <laughs> I was like, what is he doing? Like, what is happening here? Why is he doing crowd work? Here's the thing. The show in Philadelphia. Why, why anybody give a fuck about Jersey? Well, because if, when you're I know, Philly, right on the, I know it's right on the border. No, I'm, but I'm you don't. You, like, I'll, I'll tell you, I went to school in Delaware and my friends are in are from like South Jersey. The the if you're from South Jersey, you tell people you're from Philly. Like a lot of people in some of those <laughs> in some of those spots will say like down by Atlantic City. Um, I had an, uh, an old roommate from a town called Ventnor. And I'd say, oh, where, where are you near? And he's like, oh, Philadelphia. I'm like, but you're from Jersey. But they're literally 10 minutes outside of Philadelphia. So, right. you know, it's a big deal to say I'm not I'm from North Jersey. If you're from South Jersey, that's who go, went to those shows. Yeah. I, 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 my grandmother, my grandmother lived in Philadelphia and I was growing up in that area a lot. I knew I knew that I was being a smart ass. But at the same at the same time, it's like it's Philadelphia. Like, it, it, you know, it, yeah, how many people really are really going to be pushing that? But. I mean, all, all 100 people and whoever was left for that main event would have been, you know, maybe all 25, 30 people. I'm surprised GQ wasn't sitting in the front row still giving <laughs> giving off his his black and gray striped 90s shirt vibes. Did you uh, but, did you guys notice that the audio cut about a qu- like half, halfway through this match, the audio like went down to almost nothing. So you, did, you didn't have to hear them for the rest of the show. Well, did they did it go? You know what? I didn't notice only because I had the TV a little low last night because I was trying and this morning because I was trying not to wake anybody. But did they when Raven came back on to do his shtick when the match was over? Mm-hmm. Um, did he? They bumped it back up, right? Because I, I know he was. Oh, doing you could hear the you could hear the microphone and everything fine, but the like the announcers and stuff. Commentary. Yeah, commentary got like real quiet and almost non-existent. But you could hear him every once in a while, like try to talk to Nick Mondo or and stuff like that. And then it was just, oh. it was just real silent. And then like Raven did like 10 minutes of stand up, and then <laughs> yeah, th- that's how the show ended with Raven doing 10 minutes of stand up. I was like, this is, this is absurd. Like he, Ten minutes of stand up that didn't get over by the way. Like everybody's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Can you just go yeah. to the gimmick table? Can we get your picture already? Like what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Nobody wanted to, nobody wanted to sit around and listen to it. Um, and Raven was, I, you know, he, he was trying to keep people. I don't know why. I mean, he lost the match which I was surprised about, but I don't know if they were like, we got to keep Leatherface strong <laughs> and Raven, you have to lose. But, um, I, you know, afterwards I was like, well, you know, he, he called that Nikki Benz back in to take, you know, another DDT or however many he took. And then Raven gave him, you know, gave him the shtick and, and then the show just, it ended with him doing stand up, I guess, or walking out. And of course they had to play offspring and, 
uh, I <laughs> the match is <laughs> the match is very underwhelming. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, 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 he's telling like, have you ever like not heard a phrase or a joke, and then you hear it like multiple times in the same week all of a sudden? So his like terrible joke about the knickknack paddywhack give a frog alone. Uh, I had heard that on like TikTok earlier this week, and then like I heard it when I watched this, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? What is this thing haunting me now?" <laughs> I I really started cringing when he started doing the stand up. So like I didn't want to watch. I'm like, "No, please God!" I'm like, I, "I can't do this." Like it 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 hurts me to see him have to do that. Like I was almost just like I, I really don't want to see Raven like have to work a crowd for no reason like there's no payoff there's not he's not getting anything from this you know there's no no one's feeding back to him as far as you know what their opinions are like it was it was sad it was almost sad in a way it was like please i I don't want to i can't see this like it just it's it's bad but um then that super leather didn't do anything for me either i don't know ed seems to pop about it when he sees him and everybody seems to like that stuff but doesn't do anything for me like it just is silly so okay so you're 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 being a character based off of a movie and you can't really kill anybody and you're never going to use that chainsaw. Let's not fool each other. <laughs> so uh, what exactly are you doing here? Let me see you go to work. Did Leatherface have elbow pads and wrist guards when he was in the movie? I think not. <laughs> uh, you should it's check. Like, uh, it's like you... the Undertaker. The Undertaker's a dead man, but he needs gloves to protect his knuckles. <laughs> you should definitely so, check out uh, some of his work in uh, in Japan because he actually scared the hell out of the crowds in Japan. Like, yeah, but so did Vader and so did Bruiser Brody. I mean, and I, I'm sure he scared the hell out of the crowd because he would take enough. He had enough guts to like go in the crowd and swing that, you know, that chainsaw. But, yeah, it was very, it was very similar to like when Brody would go in the crowd with his chain and chase people. Right. How and the same thing with Super Leather, like he did the same exact thing, and it was it's pretty wild. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I that kind of stuff never never did it for me. The like seeing it in Japan, like I, I was more excited about um uh you know the seeing Raven made me pop more than knowing that there's you know uh you know leather whatever his name is there. So yeah. Okay. So do you could you guys remember when they reported that uh, Corporal Cursor was dead and he and he wasn't? You know, I don't. No. I don't remember that. Yeah. So I. Yeah, go like in 2006, he even showed up on WDB.com that he was dead, but apparently no one knew what his real name was actually Kirchner. They thought his real name was something else, and somebody by that name died, so they started reporting it was him. And then like three weeks later, like a week later, his mom finally went, uh, he's still alive? Like, what the fuck going on? So weird. How bizarre. Yeah, the end of, yeah, exactly. The end of that show made me uncomfortable, and I was glad that it was over. <laughs> You you asked for something bizarre when when uh, we talked about having you on, and uh, I think I delivered on that. <laughs> you certainly did. My my whole thing was I thought I actually thought though when you said to me when I said to you uh, I, I've seen a lot of these guys before, but I don't. And you're like a lot of these guys were in CZW, and then when I put like two and two together, and I was like they were in CZW and they're not doing anything. That's when I that's when I soured on the on the whole show. I was like, they're not doing anything. You guys are supposed to be doing blow up. Why isn't anybody blowing up in this show? Where's the cage? What the fuck's happening here? How come no one's taking thumbtacks? Why isn't there any blood? Even the tables match was bad. Danny Havoc got busted open the hard way. I think they punched him in his mouth by accident. I mean, like it wasn't. And I thought Danny Havoc. I'm like, Danny Havoc's gonna come out here and do something. Then I didn't realize it's. 15 years ago and that day version of danny havoc might not be the one i remember 
Right. You know, like, so, you know, that show, this show was just disappointingly mediocre and the main event was, was absolutely terrible. <laughs> I, I feel bad talking this bad about this show, but there are a lot of guys on this show that I enjoy watching. And this just and just the vast majority of the show does not click. Well, no, it doesn't. It didn't work. We, yeah, we yeah, have... I, yeah I mean, Raven's one, of, Raven's one of my favorite people ever. I've talked to Raven. Yep. Raven's been at Cauliflower Alley. I, I mean, I've, I, I've hung out with Raven and had conversations with him, and this just is not good. <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's rough. And, and even seeing Test on there, that that probably was the biggest pop for me of the night. Seeing Test on there, I mean, that was. I mean, I I didn't see it coming, and I was glad, but. You know, the how they put him in that tag team was ridiculous and you know what they did to uh um uh what they did to uh Jerry Lynn was ridiculous. It just yeah. It it just was very mediocre. All right, so uh as it goes every week on this show, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going first? Me? Yeah, I'll let, you're the guest, you get to go first. <laughs> thumbs thumbs way down way thumbs way down that show really just was was the disappointing mediocrity of that show way down jared i'm gonna probably i'm I'm sure that the night is reviewed of of the three book i'm giving it a a very slight thumbs in the middle but that four-way was so damn good and that (laughs) four-way that four-way at least made the made it worth getting through a lot of the rest of the show i'll give it a thumbs in the middle but it is leaning down yeah, I'm going to go thumbs down as well. Uh, first one, I think officially, uh, I think. No, we had that. Uh, we had that fucking Kona 23 show or whatever the fuck that was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Game. Maybe we did good thumbs down on that, too. Hmm. I should uh, make a spreadsheet so we know. <laughs> I might have to go well, back through. I, I mean, I'm, I love I love old wrestling and I expected, I think, the I mean, I, I, I look, I can't say that I'm, I'm a, a historian when it comes to like. Oh three to like Oh nine South Jersey, Philadelphia, CZW, anything like that. Um, in those range, I was, I will say I am not very well versed on. So when I see guys like that, um, I expect more of what I see on YouTube and, and the gifts and things like that. And to not, and to see just this basic mat wrestling with a very mediocre crowd. Cause a lot of those shows you see on YouTube, the crowd goes absolutely bonkers, you know? And I think, the crowd took me out of it. The announcers took me out of it. And the, the wrestling was so average at best that it, it, you know, it just wasn't what it, you know, to me, it, it probably should have been something different to call it wicked Hanneman to see who was on it. You know, it should have been something different and it wasn't. So. All right, man. Uh, do you got any plugs? <laughs> yeah. Plugs. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to survive out here in, uh, in, long island with this house that's falling apart around me um but otherwise yeah no i i uh you want to you want to uh talk on twitter jgold12 and uh that's fun and sometimes i go off the handle and i don't care but if you guys uh if anybody ever wants to chat or whatever i love a good conversation so that's all jayhawk all right follow me on twitter at ref jayhawk facebook and instagram jayhawk1539 uh twitch twitch.tv forward slash ref jayhawk I uh, took a little bit of a break from the Ultimate World Title Tournament on Fire Pro. I'll be pro- hopefully get back to that this week. I've actually got a couple of extra days off. So I'm hoping to work on that. Uh, add Butterball Tep to, though. I'm a little bit pepped off at Buddy Roger. <laughs> I told you it was going to happen, okay. dude. Told you. You told me it was going to happen. So 45 minutes to download this motherfucker's move cap because they had very Asian on all this shit rather than doing basic moves. And the match went like nine minutes. And he lost. Oh, I'm pissed. To a headlock. To a fucking headlock. 
I do plan on getting back to that. We are in the middle of the NWA title tournament. There, the uh, round of 32 will be coming up next time up. I'm hoping to do that today. See how that goes. All right. And uh, and and I'll be at Toy Ohio on Saturday if you're in the Gerard, Ohio area. Yes, we will both be there. Uh, I'm sure we'll be perusing around. Uh, I'll be wearing an AIW hoodie. Come say hi. Uh, okay. So remember to check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, Adults with Wrestling, the Spotlight Series, and its Evolution Baby. And check out our other friends, PWPonderings.com. Use promo code PWP for five days free at IWTV. Big Starks brand, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Good Company in Cleveland, Ohio, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Kayfabe Collectibles, Action Wrestling, Paradigm Pro Wrestling, and Southern Underground Pro. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters, and you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. Wear your mask. Black Lives Matter. Talk to you next week, everyone. Brother Bellas in the back, sweet singers in the front, cruising down the freeway in the hot, hot sun. Suddenly red blue lights flash us from behind. Loud voice booming, please step out onto the line. Ballet bridge was a comfort, Sino just hides her eyes. Policeman taps the shades and sell a Chevy 69. How bizarre! How bizarre! How bizarre! Destination unknown as we pullin' for some gas. Officially placed a poster reveals a smile from the pack. Elephants and acrobats, lion snakes, monkey. Bella speaks righteous, sister Cena says funky. How bizarre! How bizarre! How bizarre! Stuck around TV news and cameras There's choppers in the sky Marines, police, reporters Out where, far and wide Tell yells, we're out of here Seen us feels right on Making moves and starting grooves Before they knew we were gone Jumped into the Chevy Headed for big lights Wanna know the rest, hey By the rights, how bizarre How bizarre, how bizarre Go!
around. Every time I look around. Every time I.